Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. And on this episode, digging into preseason player development, I'm excited to share with you two different topics, thinking points, as far as a, what a coach can do from the offseason switching into the preseason and how your player development should look different from what it does during the regular season, what it does in the offseason compared to the preseason, the first official team practice leading up to the first game. If you're doing the same thing that you do in the offseason with your players from a player development standpoint, we can we can tweak some things and get you off to a better start. I'm excited to share some things with you in this episode to help. But before we do that, I'm extremely excited to say that this podcast is powered by the Coach's Edge website, coachesedge.coach. I can't thank enough all the beta testers that we had for our membership, all of our new members that have joined this past week, and it wouldn't be possible without a couple really, really important people that helped put the website together. See, I had this idea for how we can serve coaches throughout the country, throughout the world. Uh, from uh, player development, program development, X's and O's, everything that you need as, as a coach. But I needed some help. I needed some people that, you know, had some strengths in my areas of, of weakness. And so the team that we have of Coach Troshak, Brown City High School, the team that we have with Drew Lehman, strength and conditioning coach, Trine University, assistant coach, and then the main man behind the scenes, AJ Rinaldi, who's doing all the web work. Uh, he's created the website from the ground up to make it user-friendly. I can't thank that group enough. Like the, For me, it was a vision, and yes, it was a lot of work, but without them, uh, the Coach's Edge would not be possible, and it wouldn't be nearly as good without everything that they've contributed and will continue to contribute to the Coach's Edge. We're only going up from here. All right, so digging back into our topic of player development from the standpoint of the preseason. Remember, as a coach, you have the offseason, you have the preseason, you have the regular season, and then you have the postseason, which hopefully is a long time. You're making a run. We're really digging into the preseason. Let's get into it. But before that, a quick word. Coach, thank you for joining me on this episode as we break down the preseason and what we can do as coaches to improve our players and our team eventually to have more team success. And this also applies to some players. I know I have some, some players who are listening to this, a couple of college players that we've trained who have gotten back to me. Um, so shout out to Evan, to Micah for some of your feedback. This can apply to you as well even though it's going to be much easier if you're a coach, you can have a lot more control over what your players are doing. Number one, off-season versus preseason change. Me compared to the we. In the off-season with player development, it is player-centric, player-focused. It is about each individual improving their game. How much? Well, that's up to them. But when we get into the preseason, and we've started our team practices, our player development focus needs to always come back to the we, the team success. When it comes to off-season player development, I like to say we want to master 
or strengthen our strengths while improving upon our weaknesses. But when it comes to preseason training, the amount of time and dedication that we can put in to really bumping up some of our weaknesses as an athlete, it just isn't there. And so now it's really important for us as coaches to make sure that our athletes have the time to focus on, this is underneath the we umbrella of one, focusing on the strengths. If it's their strength, that's what they're going to do in a game. And then two, game actions. What are the things that they're going to encounter in a game, the positions that they're going to be in in a game? We need to rep those out, high quantity amount of repetitions to make the game easier. You know, you as you play, it's important to rep out those game decisions throughout the course of the year. But when we're digging into the preseason, the emphasis on decision-making skills needs to be amplified, right? You, as, as a player in the offseason, you can make dramatic change, dramatic improvement in your game because the focus is on you. But now we need to transfer all of the work that we've done to improve ourselves as a player into team success. When do we do that? We start to do that in the pre-season. So more focus on decision-making skills. We want to put more focus on what our strengths are. We want to put more of a focus on the game actions that we're going to encounter in a game. That's all about the, the we. Now, number two gets into a little more specific on the actual types of drills and instruction that we can do to develop our players in the preseason. This is really, really big for me. In the offseason, there can be a lot more block and technique-based training compared to in the preseason. Why? Well, in the offseason, you're not playing two games a week. You're not preparing to play two games a week. In the offseason, you're not scouting an opponent. In the offseason, you could have an hour workout or whatever it is, and it's all individual player-based. We just don't have the time for that once the season begins. Even in the preseason, when we're not playing against another team, you're concentrating on your X's and O's. You're putting your defense in. You're putting your offense in. You're getting players coming in that have been playing different sports, whether it's volleyball, whether it's football, whether it's soccer, and you're trying to get them up to speed. That's one of the reasons why skill development in the preseason is so important. It's so vital is because – you may have players that haven't touched a basketball a whole lot for the past three or four months. Who knows with the pandemic, that might even look been more difficult and harder to get their hands on the basketball, depending on what they're, what they're up to. So you could have the best plays in the world, but if they don't have the skill and the IQ to carry them out, which is player development, it doesn't really matter. And so when we're working in the off season, the block training, the same skill again and again and again, it can make a huge difference. You've heard the term 10,000 hours or 10,000 reps to master something. We have that time in the off season. If it's a player's shot, right? And they're in a really, we use the example of shooting because I like to do that a lot. <laughs> when we're shooting the basketball and you have a player, their stance, their feet are straight across, 
right? They're, they're right-handed. They don't have their right foot in front. That Remember, that's foot, that's hip, that's shoulder, elbow, follow through, creating a shot line. And they're really back. And because their feet are straight across at 180 degrees, now their, their upper body, their chest, their shoulders, everything are tight and compact. And it's really difficult for them to shoot. You're not going to be able to fix that in six weeks during the preseason and less for many of our high school coaches. But you could, if that player's going to put in, you can absolutely fix that during the offseason. And it wouldn't even take a whole summer if that player's truly dedicated. We can get a lot accomplished by working on a block, high repetition training during the offseason and sprinkling in more randomized game drills with that. When it comes to the preseason, we really want to flip that around. Now we're getting into, because the season's coming up with those games, more randomized gameplay is going to become much more of a foundational. It's going to be the majority of the time that you spend with your skill development. It's, it's going to be randomized. It's going to be uh, formatted so they're not doing the same thing again and again and again. Because realistically, there's just not enough time to see that improvement and then performance in a game as if we had it in the offseason. So randomized play becomes much more of a foundational tool for you as a coach. That's really number two. The block versus technique-based in the offseason, now we're switching it into more of a randomized drill situation, right? So with randomized gameplay, most of the time, you're getting multiple skills covered at the same amount of time because, again, it's not the exact same thing again and again and again. So it might be as simple as uh, this drill. I did this past weekend. I called it four shooter. The player would shoot for two minutes straight, and they would take four different shots. The first shot, player is on the move. They perform a catch and shoot on the move. They're cutting. They're moving. It might be as basic as just a relocation where they're in more of a slide than cut, and they catch and shoot. The second shot, wherever they caught it and shot off of the move, they shoot a spot up catch and shoot from that spot. So now they're at two shots. Rebounder hits it back to them. Then they take a one dribble pull up right and a one dribble pull up left, starting from that spot, but obviously getting to a new spot closer to the rim for their pull up. So for a lot of our players, they end up shooting two threes and two mid-range pull up twos. That's four shots. And then they would repeat. So they would get into a cut, go to a new spot on the court, shooting off, a catch and shoot off the move, a stationary catch and shoot, a one dribble pull up going right and left, repeating. Every make was worth one point. Go for two minutes, track your score. That's a little bit of randomization, right? There's no guesswork involved in that drill, but they're not performing the same thing again and again and again. Still working on our skill development. We're still working on our shooting we've done some things to make it just a little bit more game-like. Now you can have that rebounder, that defender, have the shooter make, determine what they're going to do when they shoot it. So what I mean by that is if the player is moving around the perimeter, rebounder throws the basketball to him. If they stay back, okay, that's catch and shoot. If they pass it to him and come out at him, okay, that's a one dribble right or left, make the read on that closeout they can still get in those four shots. One's on the move. One, you're going to pass and just keep your hands down, stay back. That's telling them to catch it and pull it. 
throw it out to them two other times. You're going to run at them. They have to get the dribble pull up in. And as long as that rebounder is changing up the order so that there's a read involved by the shooter, now it's even more randomized, right? a little bit more game application. Can you do that during the offseason? Absolutely, you can do that in the offseason. But the offseason is where you can accomplish changing the skill set of a player. You can change their, their stance. You can change their follow through so much easier, the technique of a player so much easier during the offseason. Whereas you get in the preseason, those drills that I just gave you, those would be where you're going to get high reps, player development, shooting the basketball, some decision making skills. But it's just going to be harder, especially for those players that haven't played basketball a whole lot to work on. Okay, we're changing the follow through. We're changing their stance. Not enough time, but we're still going to be able to get in some of those game actions to apply when the season does come. That's going to help us quite a bit. Another thing that we're going to want to focus on when we get into those preseason practices is the specificity. I think that's a word of gameplay. So if you have a guard and your team runs a lot of ball screen offense, what are the reads? If they're a really good ball screen player, are they going to get doubled? You better start throwing doubles at them right away because they need to understand what the, the doubles are going to look like from handling the pressure. And their teammates are going to need to understand what the double looks like for the ball handler and how can they be in a position to be successful based on the spacing of where those ball screens are occurring. And what I'll see with players is they may work on their finishing. They may work on their ball handling. They may work on their shooting all great aspects of being able to come off a ball screen. And they may even rep out many ball screen reads. But if they've never handled that double or that hard hedge or that ice ball screen at any point leading up to that first game, and then all of a sudden, okay, this is real. Man, you've, you've done them a disservice, right? And it, was so, it would be so easy to just put that in right away. You got a good wing or post player and they're going to get doubled during the season start doubling them right now right start doubling them right now because it's not only going to help that individual player it's going to help the rest of your team because you know they can play other teams are going to throw different types of defenses at them they're going to put more pressure on them Before we get back to the episode, I want to thank you for listening to The Coach's Edge. And if you could do me one favor that would only take a few seconds, and that's subscribe, rate, and review The Coach's Edge podcast, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts. You've heard of the algorithm. It's apparently a really big deal. And so if you could go on and give us a positive rating and review, it will go a really long way for the growth of our podcast. Thanks again. Back to the episode. Why not prepare them during the preseason for that? And that's a big shift from preseason to offseason. Offseason, again, it's, it's a lot of skill development. A lot of players are traveling and they're playing games, but there's not a scouting report on a specific player, what they're going to see when they're playing five games on a weekend during an AAU tournament but you better believe there's going to be a full-page scouting report when you see him on a Friday night against a league opponent with a league championship on the line. 
you're preparing for some of those situations in the preseason already. You want to set them up for success. Another thing that you can do during the preseason to get a high amount of repetitions in from a decision-making and skill standpoint, small group games. Small group games, as simple as three-on-three, two-on-one, two-on-two. You're going to work on the individual game truly, go one-on-one. But being able to put players at advantage, disadvantage situations, making different reads is, is key. You know, we did a drill a couple of days ago with some players that I was training before uh, tryouts came up. We did a two-on-two ball on the back drill. I had the player with the basketball on offense. He was on the left wing. And I had his defender feet on the three-point line, and the player had the basketball holding it on the lower back. Then on the other side, I had the offensive player out on the wing, and then we had their help defensive player. So we're playing two-on-two. We'd already gone through one-on-o, two-on-o, and one-on-one reads in a very similar situation of attacking the basket, working on a few different finishes, broke down the situation, progressing it up. Say, all right, guys, now it's time to play. All right, you're going to put the basketball on the defender's back. As soon as you rip the basketball off the defender's back, that defender can now recover. Because remember, that defender is actually looking at the rim. Their back is to the player who has the basketball. When you feel that basketball move off your back, it's live. You're playing two-on-two. So they can rip it. Their objective is to drive and score a layup, whether they're going middle or they're going baseline. With the group of boys that I was working with, spacing was a big issue for them. So I told them they had to do this. I put an extra rule. You don't have to do this. But it worked well for what we were trying to accomplish with these, these younger guys. I said, the teammate on the weak side, you have to stay outside the three-point line on your first catch. Just going to make it harder if that help side defender decides to help you. You're going to be wide open. They stick with you because you can shoot, right? It's a it's a one on one with an advantage to score. That's a good thing for your teammate. And then after that, then you can catch inside the three point line, play a little bit more. If they pass it more than a couple times, I said, all right, reset it. Drills over. Next group, come in. But that was a really good drill for those guys to work on a game like situation of driving. You got an on-ball defender who's trying to push you off the driving line. You have a help side defender who, who may be helping. They may be sticking with the shooter. We're working on some off-the-ball movement. Where's the gap? If they drive baseline, I go to the opposite corner. If they drive to the middle, I might wrap behind for a couple of reasons. One, they can kick it back to me and I can shoot it. But two, somebody's got to get back on defense, right? So you're serving a double purpose if you're wrapping behind, especially off of a, a middle drive. So, you know, our guys were working on all those different things. Was it sloppy? Yeah, it was really sloppy. But I could see them learning, and I could see them getting better in just the two hours that we were working out together. And that specific drill, we only did it for 15, 15 minutes. So as we get into the preseason, it's, it's really important that we add some of those game-like drills. We add some of those randomized decisions that players can make compared to in the offseason. We may say, hey, 
we really have to work on uh, this specific skill because it is a liability. Like I said in the beginning, we want to strengthen our strengths and improve upon our weaknesses. And when I say improve upon our weaknesses, your weakness can't be a liability that keeps you off the court. That's a big piece of off-season player development, right? You see what your strengths are. They're all, the chances are, if you're a high school player, what your strengths are, those are always going to be your strengths. But if you have some weaknesses, those can't be a liability to keep you off the court. Is that defense? Is that a physical aspect of, of quickness, lateral movement, where it's working on your body? Is a ball handling, handling pressure, attacking the defense, being able to create for others? Those are all things that you can work on more so in the offseason. But once the preseason comes around, now it's, it's time to do the best with what we have at that given point in time. I hope that makes sense. Uh, man, I, I get so fired up about this time of year. I know the pandemic is, is difficult and, you know, it's expect the unexpected at this point. Um, but there's just so many things that um, I'm excited about continuing to share with you as you dig into the preseason. I know a lot of coaches that I've spoken to are really, really excited. If you have had the, haven't had the chance, make sure you go back and listen to other preseason episodes that we've had. We've talked with uh, Coach, Coach Steve Finnamore of Lansing, Michigan. We've talked with A.J. Burton up in Maine. We've talked with Coach Troshak of Brown City High School, picking their brain on all the different things that they do in the preseason with the players that they work with, the teams that they coach to be more successful. And we're going to keep on that train for another about two weeks before the season really gets in. And then we'll transition our podcast to having a little more of a strategy base, a little more of a what do you do in season with your players and your teams uh, from many different areas of culture, strategy. Uh, we're going to have a, like a special zone defense episode coming up as well. Um, a lot of different things coming at you. Um, but again, the, this podcast is for you as a coach. So if there's something that you want to hear more of, let me know. Hit me up at Coach's Edge One on Twitter, contact at KramerBasketball.com. You guys know that have written me. I'm always writing you back, um, and I really appreciate uh, your, your feedback on how we can continue to make the Coach's Edge podcast just a little bit better. If we're getting a little bit better, that's a good thing. So, um, again, I want to wish you guys the very best of luck this basketball season. Um, and just a, a tribute to you. Like, this is not an easy time to be a basketball coach. So props to you for doing something that you're passionate about, doing something that you know can make a positive impact in the lives of youth. And that's something that, that drives me is, yeah, I want to make a positive impact in the world in general but I want to make a positive impact with youth because that's the next generation, right? That's the next group of people that are going to help shape uh, the world that, that we live in. So you guys are doing that as basketball coaches. Props to you. Have an awesome season. And again, I will be talking to you very soon. Get after it.